Welcome to Scientific American for October 2008. We have five interesting articles for you. You'll learn how a clever combination of optics and genetics allows neuroscientists to map and even control brain circuits with unprecedented precision. You'll hear about a new discipline called web science and the enormous task it aims to tackle. You'll discover how DNA tags could provide a quick and inexpensive way to identify Earth's species. And you'll gain insight into a project designed to enhance prosthetic devices all over the world for free. But first, it's our cover story. In Follow the Bouncing Universe, Martin Boyewald, a leading researcher on the implications of loop quantum gravity. You'll hear how our universe may have started not with a big bang, but with a big bounce. Atoms are now such a commonplace idea that it's hard to remember how radical they used to seem. When scientists first hypothesized atoms centuries ago, they despaired of ever observing anything so small, and many questioned whether the concept of atoms could even be called scientific. Gradually, however, evidence for atoms accumulated and reached a tipping point with Albert Einstein's 1905 analysis of Brownian motion the random jittering of dust grains in a fluid. Even then, it took another 20 years for physicists to develop a theory explaining atoms, namely quantum mechanics, and another 30 years for physicist Erwin Muller to make the first microscope images of them. Today, entire industries are based on the characteristic properties of atomic matter. Physicists' understanding of the composition of space and time is following a similar path but several steps behind. Just as the behavior of materials indicates that they consist of atoms, the behavior of space and time suggests that they too have some fine-scale structure, either a mosaic of space-time atoms or some other filigree work. Material atoms are the smallest indivisible units of chemical compounds. Similarly, the putative space atoms are the smallest indivisible units of distance. They are generally thought to be about 10 to the negative 35th meter in size, far too tiny to be seen by today's most powerful instruments, which probe distances as short as 10 to the negative 18th meter. Consequently, many scientists question whether the concept of atomic space-time can even be called scientific. Undeterred, other researchers are coming up with possible ways to deter such atoms indirectly. The most promising involve observations of the cosmos, if we imagine rewinding the expansion of the universe back in time, the galaxies we see all seem to converge on a single infinitesimal point, the Big Bang Singularity. At this point, our current theory of gravity, Einstein's general theory of relativity, predicts that the universe had an infinite density and temperature. This moment is sometimes sold as the beginning of the universe, the birth of matter, space, and time. Such an interpretation, however, goes too far, because the infinite values indicate that general relativity itself breaks down. To explain what really happened to the Big Bang, physicists must transcend relativity. We must develop a theory of quantum gravity which would capture the fine structure of space-time to which relativity is blind. The details of that structure came into play under the dense conditions of the primordial universe and traces of it may survive in the present-day arrangement of matter and radiation. In short, if space-time atoms exist, it will not take centuries to find the evidence as it did for material atoms. With some luck, we may know within the coming decade.